I'm Natalie Siston. And I'm Joy Schwartz. We are The The Collective Collective Voice. We are two college friends who will talk about issues that impact professionals at work and in life. Welcome to episode 17 of The Collective Voice. This is Natalie, and yes, I am actually going to be doing some more speaking on this episode as this is a Joy and Natalie episode. We are barely recording this on the 17th. It's actually April 18th right now. It's our 17th episode. 17 is my birthday, so I told Joy symbolically we needed to absolutely do this one together. So today we want to talk about three things that are timely and relevant for both the world and us personally. So the first thing that we are going to talk about are the wishes that we have specifically for women in 2017. Then we are going to talk about some of the milestones that we've experienced with the podcast since we launched a year ago, and then finally bring you up to speed on some of the personal milestones that we're both experiencing. So Joy, why don't you kick us off with uh, your wishes for women in 2017? Sure thing, Natalie, and really excited to be part of lucky number 17 episode with you. I've had a long road, as you mentioned, of doing some of these or facilitating some of these interviews on my own. So it's nice to actually have you as the co-pilot versus uh, being the interviewer on the hot seat. So I guess we're kind of interviewing each other in that domain. But in any event, in terms of the, the wishes I have for women in 2017, it's actually, they all kind of fall under one umbrella. And I would say the first one is really around setting boundaries and that includes a couple of areas. So the first one is around knowing what you value. And you and I have talked about the importance of values in previous podcast episodes, but I think understanding our values and what's important to us can help set the foundation for what we need and how we communicate that with others. And what I mean by that is, and if I think about it in the context of clients I've worked with, I often lead them through a card sort exercise where they actually acknowledge what the values are, what values are most important to them at that particular time. And sometimes they feel social pressure to be in a different job or different career or to feel differently about the relationships they're in. But when they actually stop and take stock of their values at the present moment, they realize that they're where they're sometimes they're where they're supposed to be. And focusing, so some instances where it's the the need to focus on family right now, that that's the priority. And to relinquish some of that pressure that they're feeling about moving into a different career or a different vocational path. And so I think not only is it important to understand our values, but it's important to understand what we value at the present moment and acknowledge that those are going to change. So I think that's kind of number one, and I'm excited about opportunities that we'll have to talk more about that with our guests and at upcoming events as well. And so that kind of gets to the, the related point, which is really being okay with, with changing your mind and knowing that your values and needs will evolve over time. So when we talk about the importance of setting boundaries, I think what's most important first is knowing what you value and then um, knowing what you want and being able to communicate that and being okay with your values and your needs changing over time. So too many times I've seen clients or, or other women I know who 
have so many external pressures and it's just important for us to acknowledge what we want and what we need. And it really becomes the foundation for self-care. So I want to talk about that too. And, and I guess I would say that, well, before I go there, Natalie, I, I saw you nodding since we're using Skype. Um, was there something you wanted to jump in and share on the values front before I transition a little bit? Not so much share. I wanted to ask you, so if, if we're putting ourselves in the seat of our listeners and if they're sitting there nodding their heads in their morning commute, like I typically am when I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm thinking, yes, I'm in the middle of this values collision, you know, what, what suggestions do you give them to get themselves out of that collision, to get them on the right path? Yeah, now you're really putting me on the hot seat. It's what it's all about, Joy. It's what it's all about. I know, right? So the the exercise I alluded to a moment ago is sometimes often enough to generate the self-awareness around the importance of those values. And so usually I think it's, it is important for them to take some digestion time. So as I'm speaking to our audience, to the, the yous out there, the, the women who are listeners, and, and the, women, the men as well, quite frankly, I think you know, going through some sort of exercise to acknowledge what your values are, whether it's one like I've described or just one that you conduct on your own. And then I think it's also taking some time to digest and internalize those values before making decisions based on them. So it could be kind of a, you know, 24 hour cooling off period before you decide you know, how you're going to proceed. And then I think it's always good to get a second opinion or a point of view. So talk to someone who knows you really well. I feel like maybe you and I have talked about this or I've certainly talked about it with others that, you know, you, ask, you can ask your best friend or your mom, like, what do they know about you? And when you start asking questions or, or uh, sharing those values with them, you're going to hear a lot more context than you would perhaps be able to come up with on your own. And that will likely drive some better decision making. And part of the reason why this is important, in addition to some of the other factors, is that when I work with clients and when I work with, um, with friends and others and we have these sorts of conversations, what we people feel a lot of um, pressure and they talk, use words like I should, or I ought, or I need to be doing these sorts of things. And essentially they're, they're limiting beliefs that are holding them back from doing what they want to do. But sometimes they are not focusing on the, the reason they're not moving forward is because they are actually where they're supposed to be in that moment. And because we put all this pressure on ourselves we often don't acknowledge that it's okay to be where we are. And so I guess the this is a much longer-winded way of saying, in addition to pursuing what we want, and I know you're going to talk about kind of how to move forward, I think sometimes as women we need to just be okay with where we are in the moment and know that there are if we are slowing down and not pursuing our, our needs or our wants in that particular moment, there's probably some other reason. It might be that our values right now are focusing on our family. Our values right now are focusing on our friends or having some sort of balance. And then that next step in our career or our life is, is going to involve a shift in values, and that's okay. I love that you said the word slowing down through the coaching program I'm in, which I'm going to talk about later in the episode. I'm getting to work with a master coach named Sherry Welsh, and she wrote a book called Slowing Down. And I, it just came out in the fall. I'm partway through it, but it's exactly what you're talking about, Joy. It's explaining to the readers what a limiting belief is, how to ask yourself those tough questions. And I find myself reading each chapter going, oh, my gosh, this is 
the book that's coaching me through so many things I've either gone through in life or know I will experience. So it's, you're exactly right. It's about slowing down, examining the situation and taking a deep breath, right? Taking a deep breath. So, yeah, so tell us how to, so how does the self care then proceed from the values piece? Yeah, for sure. And um, I need to read the book you just mentioned, by the way, as you were describing it. I said, that sounds like the right book for me. So maybe we need to have our own private book club. We'll put it in the Um, show notes. Yeah, right. Um, Exactly. So to your question around self-care, I think one of the things I've learned in some recent research I've conducted on this topic, and again, I see it a lot with clients and I see with friends, I see it in myself that we're just overstressed. And we forget that we need to take care of ourselves. And I really like this framework that I um, came across in some of my research. And it was essentially these three different approaches to reducing stress. So the first one is our, includes action-oriented approaches. So that's around kind of organizing your workspace or um, focusing on the people that you spend your time with. Are they energizing you? Are they not energizing you? And... Uh, even things around just how you spend your time in general. So there's around some of those active things you do to adapt your behavior, adapt your environment that can help you to be more effective um, and to reduce your stress. Prioritization is another one. So because we struggle with time management so much. So there are a number of techniques kind of in that action oriented space. And that's often the space we go to first when we think about reducing stress. The, the second one is around emotion-oriented techniques. So that's more around uh, the kind of things that I would do with, with clients in a counseling setting or even in a coaching setting where we talk about addressing some of their lim- – we talked about earlier limiting beliefs or um, some of the, the thoughts and the behaviors that are holding them back and kind of helping people work through those. And there are things that we can do as individuals even to help manage some of those thoughts and behaviors that are holding us back from what we want to do. You mentioned something earlier about taking deep breaths and it reminded me of this one. So one of the things I actually do in this um, emotion oriented space is kind of creating new thoughts for myself. And so I actually bought a bonsai plant. I don't remember if I told you about this, but I bought a bonsai plant and it has not bonsai, the uh, bamboo plant, excuse me. And it has a four sided little pot and I bought it because it's orange, and that's one of my company cults, my company's most prominent color. And on each side of the little pot, I wrote myself a message. And one of them says, take five deep breaths. Another one says, uh, more be, less do. That could be a podcast episode in itself. Uh, the third one, I think, is um, it's not about you. Uh, and the fourth one is it's not a big deal. And so depending on where I am in my day or what's going on, I will shift the plant to whatever kind of mantra I need to acknowledge. And so I think that's one way without a therapist or a counselor or a coach that you can apply an emotion-oriented technique. And then the third one, the final one, uh, relates to our different, uh, the different parts of our nervous system that help us to manage stress. So without getting into too much detail, you know, there we have um, our sympathetic nervous system, which controls the the uh, fight or flight response that, you know, where we press on the gas on our nervous system so that we can address the quote unquote saber tooth tiger or whatever the, the present day uh, stressful stimulus is. And we can put up our, our boxing gloves or we can run in fear. 
So that's, that's the one part. And then the other part is our sympathetic nerve or excuse me, our parasympathetic nervous system. So while the, the first nervous part of our nervous system is the, uh, the pressing on the gas, the fight or flight response, the other is the, uh, the rest and digest response, which is what basically our body pressing on the brake pedal and slowing itself down. So to get to your earlier point around slowing down, those the kind of techniques we need there to train our nervous system are things like mindfulness and meditation, coloring, breathing exercises, yoga, walks in nature, those sorts of things. And so you to kind of bundle it all up, we probably need to apply all three at different points in time, those action-oriented techniques, the emotion-oriented techniques, and the behavior-oriented techniques, or excuse me, the, um, the acceptance-oriented techniques, which are the third kind. So, Wow, that's like a very academic way of talking about what I would have distilled as clean your room, take a yoga class, and go to the spa. So yeah, a little we, different. You can tell I've been spending a lot of time on this content. So forgive the uh, the the academic overview. Although I'm sure your husband, the professor, would appreciate it. Absolutely, would always do that. I think those are really great points, Joy, and things that we all need to be thinking about in terms of our values, taking care of ourselves, and it ties pretty well into the wishes that I have for women in 2017. I actually have a slight leg up on this topic because as the leader of the women's organization at my company, I had a chance to record a welcome message to the members at the beginning of the year. And so it's like literally at 1130 on a Saturday night, my script came to me probably after a bottle of wine. I'm not lying there, I think. Anyway, so I (laughs) wrote down a script, went into work the next week. We recorded it in two takes. And one of the components of that is something I would share outside the walls of my company with our listeners. And that wish is that we speak up. I think we've went through, we are going through an interesting time as as a society, as women in our society. And it's our time to speak out, speak up. If we see things that we're passionate about, that we want to see change on, then it's our responsibility to say something about that. If we see some injustices, we see minor behavioral things happening with people that don't sit well with us, speak up. I was in a session at work today, and one of the first comments regarding a table was, yeah, the two girls sitting at the table, had I been in a different part of the forum, I would have just said, time out. How about we say the two women sitting at the table? So speak up can be as small as that or as big as, you know, more major proclamations about injustice or unfairness or inequality. So I hope for our listeners that they will speak up on things that they are passionate about and to your very um, research-oriented mind that, that they do have the research to back up what they're speaking about and not just picketing or carrying a sign because it's the thing to do the next Saturday. And that ties right into the second part of what I wish is is for everybody to step out. So I think one of, I always go back to this thing that one of my college roommates said to me. It dawned on me this week that there's lots of little things people say to us throughout our lives that end up turning a, a corner for us. So freshman year of college, I signed up for all these clubs as freshmen do at a big university. And I had all the clubs, 
but I wasn't going to anything. I was sitting in my dorm room and one day my roommate was going to something and she said, are you going to come? I said, no, nah, I don't think so. And she just, just so innocently said, well, are you ever going to come to anything? And I, in that moment, I was like, wow, that's a huge statement. She did not even intend for it that way. But from that moment forward, I'm like, all right, I have to step out. I actually can't just have something stamped on a paper, a name on a roster. I, I want to be part of that. And you and I both know that was the beginning of my very, very strong leadership career at Ohio State. Yeah, I was just about to say that like almost shocks me that sounds so antithetical to your what I know about your personality and your involvement. That must have been a really pivotal moment when she said that to you. It was. I think it ties into the fact that and you know, this is what I talk about on small town leadership is the first time in my life where I could disappear into a crowd was when I started at Ohio State and that was really cool. And I think not being not having to show up for stuff for me was almost novel. Like, oh, I can, my name can be on a list of something, but no one's going to report back if I'm not there. It's it's not the only gig in town, so no one's going to know. So I... Oh, I then they knew you later. They they knew me later. They absolutely knew me later. Um, so, so step out in your life. So if there are things that you keep saying you want to do, you're thinking of doing, just do them. Just take the action and, and do them. And that's really, so my final wish for, once again, for women and all people for 2017 is to take action. So I think a lot of, if they take what you talked about with really examining values, taking care of themselves, then at that point you are very free to take action. So uh, the group of people that I'm coaching right now are MBA graduates who are approximately five to 10 years post-graduation. So they're at that crucial point where they've, got the undergrad degree, worked the undergrad post-job, gone to grad school, got the post-grad job, a couple promotions, perhaps they've gotten married, had some kids in that period of time, and it's as, as if the checklist that was, quote, given to them during this whole journey is ending. There's no checklist 10 years later. Someone I met with last week said, you know what, Natalie, I've never seen a job posting that that says things longer than 10 years. He's like, I'm there. So he's like, I can apply for pretty much anything, but there's no guide. So what I want to instill in people is that no one can live your life except for you. No one's going to create your checklist for you. So take time to examine the values. Think about what's important, what you want to accomplish and put that action plan in place and step out and make it happen. Well, and it kind of goes along with what you and I were saying a little bit earlier when we were talking about this concept of managing your career for over the course of your life and that, you know, we have to constantly evolve over time. And if we're not evolving with the market and evolving our skill set, then we miss out on opportunities. And the, the missing piece, I think, that even the gentleman you were alluding to and many others I've worked with is they forget that as we progress in our careers, the way we find opportunities is by connecting with other people and, and by articulating what our interests are, our values, and our experiences, and then people start to make those connections back to us. But if we're not keeping our network warm and really meeting people and getting to know them on a deeper level, then we miss out on those opportunities. And 
it just becomes even more important as we progress. 100% agree. I did a networking presentation for a part of my organization last week, and those two exact things came up. was one, connect with people continually, and two, people are not mind readers. So you can't go to lunch with someone and talk about all the things you would love to do and your skills and your experience. They're over their salad, chicken salad at lunch. They're not going to say, oh, my gosh, well, I have this job for you. You need to actually say in that moment, X person, I am looking for my next thing. I am ready for my next job because that will then plant the seed for them versus, oh, I thought she really enjoyed her job because she was raving about the strategy work that she gets to do and the connections she gets to make, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's true. You have to articulate those sorts of things. I totally agree. So should we transition a little bit and talk about our podcast? Let's do it. Talk about some of the big things that have been happening, Joy. Yeah, this has been a big year for us. So I'm actually going to let you provide a little bit more context on the first one. But I'm super excited about the fact that you, Natalie, have identified a syndication opportunity for us through the coaching program you've been going through, through IPAC. And it's called Live, Lead, and Play. And so I think we're getting a fair amount of new listeners as a result of the the following or the network you've caliber, uh, cultivated excuse me, through your involvement in the IPEC program as well as through this specific syndication vehicle. So any more you want to share on that? No, I would just invite everybody to check out liveleadplay.com. This is IPEC, so the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coachings, their external-facing website where there's a lot of great content. It's all created by their network. So, for example, I've published a column out there, and they then allow um, others who have podcasts to syndicate through their website. And I think this was a good uh, indication of Joy and I taking action because I'm not even finished with the program Joy came with me the first weekend. They were really ramping up the website at the time and were asking for contributors. And without any hesitation, I raised my hand and said, I have a podcast. And we were able to get that up. So thank you, IPEC. Thank you, Live, Lead, Play. And thank you to those of you who are listening to this who came through that channel. It's been great. Absolutely. And I would say another milestone that I'm really proud of of ours is that we've had over 1,200 downloads. And, and almost equally as many feed hits. So probably more, quite honestly, at this point. So given that we just started this um, a little over a year ago, and it was an idea on a napkin over a glass of wine, not much, not much sooner before, not much longer before that. So I think we're really proud of the fact that we've got so many listeners and people that we wouldn't have even expected have come up to us and said things like, I love your podcast, or I love the last episode, so-and-so was hilarious, and I love the advice you gave on networking, and those, when we hear from listeners, I know, Natalie, I'll let you speak for yourself, but for me, it just lights me up when I hear that someone's been listening and, and got something out of one of our episodes. Absolutely, and I think I credit you, Joy, for really honing in your interview skills Joy has been an amazing interviewer. I think you're you're the master networker of Dallas. I tell <laughs> I kept keep telling you you need to be featured in some Dallas monthly or weekly magazine for showcasing some great uh, folks there in Dallas. And 
you know, eventually we'll get the Columbus, Ohio side of that too, once my head's out of water. Um, but in the meantime, you're just bringing, bringing it with some amazing entrepreneurs specifically to the podcast. So talk a little bit about some of your favorite guests we've had so far, some of your best lessons learned from conducting all these interviews. Yeah, for sure. And I have to tell you, we, we were talking about this a little bit before our episode, but every time I interview someone, they give me an idea or two of somebody else I need to talk to or interview or meet. And so it's been such a fun way to build and grow my network and get to know other people in, in Dallas who are doing amazing things. So I'm sure that monthly publication or uh, visibility opportunity will come. So uh, it's been pretty exciting. But in terms of you know favorite episodes, I'd say I loved the one I did with Betty Murray about living well Dallas and the concepts of functional and integrative medicine and health and thinking about the reality of our food system and what that means for our health. I mean, that the nerd part of me really liked that one. The, the fun part of me loved the ones that I conducted with Catherine Hatcher, an image consultant and color expert. We learned a lot about how color impacts, how people view us and what we eat and what we wear. Um, it was fascinating. And then I would, and on a related note, I loved the one we did with um, with um, Allison Freeman, who talked about the importance of taking risks and how she herself took a big risk when it came to her own entrepreneurial path, and that she's still taking risks. And I think some of our interview, some of the interviews I've conducted, or some of our guests have really put themselves out there and talked about some deep personal things that they've experienced or per- very challenging personal experiences that they've been through and I feel very grateful that they've bared their souls with us as Natalie and I have done with each other Uh, they've done that with me and with us and I think that it gives other women other listeners not just women but our listeners some hope that there are others going through these similar challenges and they've come out ahead but that we're also all kind of on this journey together that's fantastic. I also would put Allison's episode up there on the top one because it completely tested my sound editing chops. I'm as the self-taught editor of the podcast. I think it sounds flawless how it came out. And then I, I go back to Shalette Stewart too. I really loved your episode. It was one of your early interviews. I just mm-hmm. think about the journey that she took and once again, bearing her soul and being very transparent about the journey she went through to get to where she is. So well done, Joy. Hey, thanks. I'm glad you brought that one up too, because Shalette and I are very different people. We have different faiths. We have different belief systems. We come from different racial and cultural backgrounds. And somehow we were able to forge this immediate and intense connection and it's one of the things I've loved about being able to do this work with you is that I think we've connected with some really interesting people. And I think we've learned some good lessons about how to find common ground and that how to respect and value what all of us are bringing to the table, even when we have different views. Absolutely. Well, shall we pivot to some of the personal milestones that we have happening? Yeah, that sounds great. So you want me to kick it off? Sure. So, and I'll let you chime in with anything I leave out or anything that you're particularly proud of, but I I've, feel like I've had a very big year. Um, 
most recently I'm, or I would say most recently it's a collaboration opportunity and multiple collaboration opportunities that keep happening. And I think it's nice to start with the genesis of that, which was the coaching training that you, that I attended with you your first weekend in the IPEC program. I don't know if you remember, but we, we had to talk about our goals for our goals that we wanted to accomplish with regard to the program. And I had to get a whole flip chart paper to write mine out because I had so many things I wanted to list. But once I ultimately did it, they kind of mapped into four categories and one of them was collaboration. And so I would say that this year I'm most pleased and thrilled with the opportunities I've had to collaborate with other people doing interesting things in Dallas. And the one I'm most excited about and proud of is an event that uh, we talked about in our podcast most recent podcast episode, partnering with Jasmine Brand, who was the mastermind between behind My Forward Life, an innovative networking program for women. And we we're actually partnering on a retreat, a clarity retreat that we're hosting on May 19th and 20th. And I'm facilitating a couple of the sessions at that particular retreat. So super excited about that and excited to see where that lands and, and what might that what might that bring in the future in addition to that I've been asked to do some additional um, teaching and executive ed programs at Southern Methodist University in Dallas which has been really fun and I'm excited about where I'm going to be able to take the managing your career course that I teach for MBAs in the coming year and I've been asked to do some consulting in our community so through my synagogue and through the Jewish community getting some opportunities to do some really cool work to develop leaders and also to work with couples who are undergoing some challenges uh, as they embark on their faith journey. And so related to that, I've been growing the counseling practice and as Natalie likes to talk about uh, becoming more of an activist. So the whole week I was off, I was wearing my human rights campaign shirt and my feminist t-shirt in addition to events that I've been able to get involved with, like helping uh, becoming a, a voter or being getting trained on uh, helping others get registered to vote. So in addition to that, some other things. So it's been a busy couple of months, but I'm super excited about where all of this is going to go in, in the next year or so. And I think from the outside looking in, Joy, I, I think you're your biggest client when it comes to the assessing your values because when we were together at the end of the year in November, I think you were very much – pushing, pushing, pushing content, pushing ideas, and, you know, getting as much stuff out on your social channels, emails, that sort of things. And to me, it seems like you've, you've backed the gas off of that activity and focused really on building relationships, the people in your community, the collaboration. And that's ultimately, from my perspective, what seems to be leading to all these great opportunities for you. Yeah, and I really appreciate you acknowledging that. And putting it out there because that was the big theme that once I stopped worrying about putting content out there and and even just the pressure I was putting on myself to have a social media presence, once I stopped doing that and started connecting with people, then the opportunities started coming in. So you're absolutely right. And, and what about you? What do you want to share? 
So I think a, a bunch of things, and I think it's actually interesting we're doing this in April because a year doesn't need to be the end of, it doesn't need to be December or January. So I love that we're sort of recapping our year in April. Um, so for me, the big things are first and foremost, small town leadership celebrated its first birthday, which is exciting. So last March is when I launched that website and without any sort of paid advertising or Facebook advertising anything outside of my own social network. I've had over 5,000 visitors to that site and the following keeps growing. So it's really amazing. Thank you. And to me, it's just very cathartic to have a place to put things. I was talking with another fellow small town alumni today at work and he said, Hey, how are things going with small town leadership? So I told him what I just told you. And he's like, you know, the nice thing is you just have this great library of content now that you can keep pulling on and bringing out. And if you want to say something and write something, why not hit the publish button and share it with others? So it's been great. And I would have to say 90% of the content that I've put out through my weekly blog is not forced at all. It, it comes to me in the moment, and I'm able to write in 15 minutes something. I probably edit it for an hour, but I write it in 15. And it just, to me, is a, a very proud thing because... I've done everything with that website from the design and calling GoDaddy to figure out how do you buy a domain to uh, now several pages on that website and then over 50 blog posts at this point. So that's probably thing number one. And thing number two is the IPEC coaching program. I am nearing the finish line, which is very hard to believe because it seems like I was just staying at your house a month ago for the first weekend when... I had no idea what I was in for, but the program and the people have just been amazing, and the own the work I've got to do on my own through this program has been amazing because I'm getting coached as much as I'm coaching others through this, and it's really showed me how getting in the right frame of mind and having an action plan and following your values are so crucial. So through the coaching program and some of the peer coaching I did, I learned that music was missing in my life. So I joined the church choir, which has now led to me getting to know people at my parish who I've seen for years, but never knew, never knew what they did. I learned that the the choir uh, leader, she's an author. She publishes fiction books. I know. I'm like, I didn't know you were an author. And so it's just led to these very cool connections and ways of that I love to live my life and probably just wasn't honoring fully. So I'm very excited to be building that coaching practice. Like I said earlier, I'm working with MBAs and look forward to launching a couple of group coaching programs this spring and adding to the client list as we go forward into the year. So it's really for me those two things and keeping up with two kids who are each in two activities and a husband with a busy job. We have a very full life and for the first time I don't feel stressed out about it. I just feel like I can enjoy it, I can soak it in, and I can be in the moment with the things that are happening around me because I am living in my values and in who I'm supposed to be. Well said, Natalie. I'm so proud of you and all that you have accomplished in the past couple of months. I know you've been on lots of calls and in lots of meetings, and the and you have a, a big day job, too. And I think it's worth noting for both of us that we've been building some really cool things while we've both been employed full time. 
and the side hustles that we've been working on are really important. And I do think back to the podcast, our last podcast interview, where uh, Jasmine Brand talked about the importance of keeping your day job while exploring what else is out there and focusing on your side hustle. And I think she would be very proud of us if she were listening right now. I agree. And I think there are people who are wired to always be doing more. And I know I'm one of those people, as are you. I think we have found the 25th hour in the day, um, or maybe not, or we just are able to do those things that are important to us and that add the right value out in the universe. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it a lot and I know we'll get to it in the coming months, but I believe we need to thank our, our husbands and partners who have been so supportive. And I think we should be great. We should thank ourselves for setting our own personal boundaries and articulating our needs to our, our husbands to help us achieve all these goals we've set for ourselves that we've been able to achieve in the past couple of months. Absolutely. They knew the women that they were marrying, even though we both got <laughs> married very young, they, they knew the women they were marrying and you fast forward for me 15 years and he's probably not surprised at what's happening. And I think it's fun for them to be on the journey as much as it's fun for us to see where they go on their journey and, I think for me particularly, just seeing how fun it is to watch my husband do things like coach my youngest child's soccer team and hear her call him Coach Daddy, it's really sweet. And things that I I don't have that in me. I, I will never coach their soccer team. I just, it's not not my style. I'll bring the snacks. But, you know, I, I'll leave that to him. It's just a different way of nurturing. Yeah, I would probably want to go yell at, another child or their parent for not treating my child fairly or giving them enough playtime on the field. So I think maybe it's best that you and I stay on the sidelines with the snacks. Agreed. And given how my child acts on the field, I'm the one who more wants to hide behind a tree or something during practice. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, should we bring this one to a close? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's just remind our listeners, as always, they can find you at joyschwartz.com. They can find me at smalltownleadership.com. We would absolutely love any review you can provide us. So do that on one of our mediums and keep looking for new episodes. Thanks for joining us and be sure to check out future podcasts of The Collective Voice on iTunes. This is Natalie Siston. And this is Joy Schwartz with The, the Collective, Collective Voice. Voice.